0: Hi, everybody. Jeremy here, and welcome to Episode 4 of Research Nuggets. Before we begin our interview today, I wanted to let you know about two new ways that you can interact with us. Eamon and I have decided to jump headfirst into this groovy new thing called social media. So if you'd like to interact with us, reach out to us with ideas. If you'd like to be on the show, if you're working on something exciting, let us know. Uh, You can find us on Facebook as Research Nuggets. And we've also created a Patreon page, Um, again, uh, patreon.com slash researchnuggets. Reach out to us on either of those platforms, Um, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you and hear what you're working on. So in today's episode, we're interviewing Dr. Rebecca Reese of the Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design. Um... You may be noticing a theme here are we citation snowballing or are we just incredibly well connected to very smart and very important people we'll leave it up to you to decide Um, great discussion with her today Uh, spending a lot of time talking about how we can design learning environments and, and learning systems for people with different abilities and different needs um, there's a lot more that we can do than just providing closed captions, even on uh, podcasts, which, as of last episode, I do now because of specifically having this interview with Dr. Reese. So give it a listen. There's so much more that we can do to help all of our students in a number of different aspects and different ways. Um, it was a really great conversation. I really enjoyed the time with her. Um, so, yeah, we hope you enjoy episode four with Dr. Rebecca Reese. Episode four. Uh, today we have Dr. Rebecca Reese. Thank you for joining us. Um, we Got to meet Dr. Reese through uh, a previous guest, uh, now friend of the pod, uh, Dr. Jill <laughs> Stefaniak um,
1: of the pod, a friend yeah. of the pod. Yeah. She's right. gone yeah. ahead
2: and just booked our calendars full for the next week with like friends and bros of hers. You know, that's that's right. fine, but we needed them anyway. Here we go. <laughs> Absolutely, there
0: you go. So, you uh, go. Dr. Reese, tell us tell us about yourself. Um, how? What did five year old not yet? Dr. Huh? Reese want to be when she grew up, and then how did you end up in the ivory tower of academia? That's right,
2: wow. Dr. Reese. We start at the beginning of time in wow. the English research nuggets.
1: Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And considering my age, that is the beginning of time. So there you go. Um, all right. Hi. So it is, it is amazing meeting, uh, all of you. And I am glad that Jill is, uh, filling your calendar because, uh, more people should meet the two of you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, funny. You should say the beginning of time, five years of age. My mother will tell you a story if you ever meet her, of when I was five, literally. And I said to her, I had a friend uh, who had uh, special needs. And I said to her, when I grew up, I'm going to work with people like Sally. That's not the person's name. I'm just throwing that name in there. Sure. And um, my mom was like, okay, you're, you're five. Just let, we'll, we'll revisit this in 20 years. <laughs> Uh, Flash forward 20 years, I had graduated with my uh, undergraduate in communicative disorders uh, from the University Mm. of Alabama. So working with persons with um, speech and auditory uh, delay or um, issues. Uh, And then I moved into therapeutic recreation. So the fun side, you get to take people out and do ropes courses and play and do all the great stuff. Uh, Worked at a camp for uh, children and adults with disabilities uh, called Camp Aska in um, Alabama. Uh, And then I I said, you know, hmm, I like this, but I was seeing a lot of conflict in, or not conflict, but discrepancies, really, uh, in what was being provided education-wise to the 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 folks that I was working with, right? and in, in in just fun and engaging type stuff, but they would always talk about their parents would talk about, you know, the barriers with teachers and with folks that they were learning from. And so then I started seeing discrepancies in how f- we were teaching those teachers and those young instructors on how to work with persons with disabilities. And I said to myself, well, God, there's, there's got to be somebody that works with a teacher and gets in front of that even. And so that's when I stumbled upon, almost literally, uh, instructional design. Uh, it was offered at the University of South Alabama, which is where I got my master's. And I checked it out and I was like, this could be the best of both worlds, you know. <laughs> By the way, that's not my ambulance. They are not coming for me.
2: That's it's me. Sorry, I'm in my roaming around. I uh, I decided I, I injured myself. I called nine one one. The rest of this pod will be oh, from the back of that great. ambulance. Oh yeah, great, great.
1: You, Yeah, audio quality TikTok.
2: great. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> TikTok the whole thing for us, okay? That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, so I went into that field. Uh, and I really, I really liked it. The more I did it, the more I talked with the, you know, the faculty and worked on projects, uh, the more I, the more I just enjoyed what I was doing and the path that I had chosen, um, in, in, uh, graduate school part two, uh, I was in, uh, I was, uh, with a group called the online learning lab or the OLL and we were all called Ollie's. Uh, the <laughs> students that worked in there, uh, and I have just amazing memories and connections with folks uh, from working uh, with them, but then also working with the faculty. I, I, you know, I still keep in touch with faculty who are now, you know, colleagues of mine, right? Because you move beyond that 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 aspect of being a student uh, into being a, a professional yourself, and and it was just it was just a natural fit. It just felt it just felt right. So you, you told us
0: um, there's a a book that you were working on uh, with Jill and uh, in, you know, Learning about you a little bit, uh, doing doing my homework on you. Of course, going to Google Scholar and trying to find everything that's linked to you. Because right, that's what you do. (laughs) I mean, that's just how you. That's how you academically creep on people now. And like, I no wonder I was pinged today. (laughs) So like, I I can, I think I now see part of this story arc about how we get from you know younger you and working, wanting to work and help work with and help people with disabilities Mm -hmm. and then to things like designing towards empathy using VR and IR or, Mm -hmm. uh, IVR. Sorry. Um, so what did your, I guess, how did you shape your course of study Mm -hmm. to then turn it into a career? You, you hinted Mm -hmm. at grad school part two. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. Like I, I took a break between my master's degree and before I started working on my PhD. Like, yeah, same. So, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, you know, the way that I shaped the the path from theory in instructional design is. <laughs> I focused on what is the application, what is the practice that I want to do with it afterwards, right? Um, I had several conversations with my chair, who uh, was uh, Gail Davidson Shivers, and you know she she would she would say, oh yeah, well when you're a full time faculty, and I'm like, am I though? Am I gonna be? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It is the only thing
0: to do with a PhD, apparently. It
1: really is,
0: sometimes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Except for when it's not. Yeah, unless you make a path that works for you. And one of the blessings uh, when it comes to technology is it changes and it grew. It exploded. Uh, When I started instructional design in 2007, uh, and then I finished with my degree in 2013, uh, that's including writing the dissertation. Um, I, 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 there was this track of, of technology and how tech was going and, and the acceptance of it in classes and, and, and teachers using it. Teachers are the most amazing, uh, you know, users of technology. They'll take something and they'll go, I want to see what this can do. And they will absolutely break that thing, trying to make it fit what they want it to do, rather than looking at the affordances and saying, oh, I should do this with it. Right. But that's cool because we sit back and go, I like what you're thinking there. You know, and that's kind of how I shaped what I wanted to do. I started just, you know, seeing what the different teachers were doing with with the tools and then looking at the trajectory or the application of what tools were becoming ed tech tools. Um, and just really focused on being a practitioner. I still write, I still do, you know, some research. Most of my research is done with other people. Uh, so like Dr. Stefaniak, uh, she, you know, she has areas where we cross over and I'll work with her because I don't have the time in my schedule as a practitioner to do, uh, the dives that she is expected to do really. I mean, you know, that. You sure. know, that's, part right. of being a faculty. Well, so that's so let's kind dig of into, how I did it.
2: That's cool. Go ahead. I mean, um, so, I mean, if you don't mind, uh, yeah. let's dig into that a little bit, especially okay. maybe your most, uh, the, the book you, you had mentioned earlier, we'd love to hear about, you know, that process and, yeah, for you sure. know, maybe it's a high level synopsis of what your uh, what the book is about and, and sure. basically just talk us through it.
1: Yeah. So the uh, the book itself is called the instructional designer's Sh- design trainer's guide. Uh, authentic practices and considerations for mentoring ID and ed tech professionals. You know, we like really long titles. Nice. Just yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you get Anything points out know,
2: like more words. You the royalties. <laughs> the, there's a there's a royalty uh, direct correlation between title length, right? I, I get nice. it. You
1: know, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is be, this is going to be uh, released by Rutledge. Um, I believe the 24th of this month. Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, right? Very soon, very soon. <laughs> um the premise of the book was actually began back at AECT in 2018. Uh hmm. Jill and I and uh Dr. Jason McDonald, we had an idea around the practices that were in place for training um new instructional designers. So the students, what are they learning? What are they being given? And it was all still basically the same old things that we were brought up with, you know, study the theory. And there was a little smattering of application in some programs, Hmm. Uh, other programs, they have more, you know, they actually end up doing a capstone and things like that. And so, uh, but this was just, you know, a dive into uh, around or a dive around a lot of the questions that we were getting from students around, I'm not a unicorn. And when I go work, they want me to be, uh, you know, a coder. They want me to be the person pushing (laughs) the, the AV cart. They want me to, they don't understand really what I do.
2: Right. Yeah. I have no, I've absolutely no experience with that whatsoever. Um, (laughs) none of us do.
1: So yeah, so that was we we did a panel uh which then there was a paper and uh if you're still on ResearchGate you can probably find it. Um because uh Jason uh shared it on there. Um awesome. and Jill and I just cut kind of, you know we continued that conversation, right? It's one of those things where we you know we we talk about it and then we come back and we spend some more time on it and um during the pandemic, Jill and I really talked about it more. And we said, you know, how can we, you know, make something that's more of a, of a tool, of a resource um, that IDs can look at, right, and, and say, I have an idea. And it's based off of this chapter that I read. So each chapter has a topic that it discusses. There is, um, they kind of define the parameters of, of that particular topic uh, there's a case study that each of the authors have, uh, given based on what they're trying to get at. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then the, um, in the end, there's like a, there's like a a conclusion, not a conclusion, but more like a, a revisiting, right? Like, so this is what we talked about. Here's the the case study and, and Mm -hmm. here's, you know, some more conversation around the application of that. Um, but it's, it provides foundational concepts, uh, with an actionable strategy, right? Towards mm. training and mentoring an instructional designer or ed tech student even, um, uh, so that you have those to kind of guide you. Cause there's so many of us out there that haven't had a mentoring situation and we could even look at this as a guide. I mean, we have, uh, I'm going to pull up the, um, the, um, authors. So we have, let's see. Uh, Swampna Kumar, Albert Ritzhoff, um, Mike Sh- Matt Schmidt, Andrew Tofik, Monica Tracy, Amy Lamolini, uh, and Patrick Lowenthal wrote a chapter on inclusive uh, online courses. So looking at instructional design um, and how that impacts uh, faculty buy-in. Um, gosh, let's see. Lisa Giacomo, Tutelani Asino, Sharon Williams Van Roy, Anelda uh, Romero Hall. I mean, we've just got a star-studded cast of folks that, when we reached out to them and said, "We love your work and research, and writing in this area, and we feel this is an area that we want you to create a chapter around, that would then become a, a you know a, a book that could be used as like a best practices or, you know, follow up." for folks that need more information around things. So,
0: so without, without stealing glory from, uh, chapter 11 there, Dr. and Dr. Lowenthal, yeah, inclusive online courses, universal. I actually design.
2: have, uh, I actually have both of those IDs in my ID fantasy league. Uh, they're both, they're doing great. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey, sorry. I mean, yeah, until I this morning, I just I just interruption for my part. Solid. There, my bad.
1: Patrick's solid. And, and I if mean, you want to, Amy's like Amy's one of those that'll come in around the side, and you don't even know she'll <laughs> sneak in on you.
0: Hey, I mean, until <laughs> this morning, uh, we're we're recording this on March eleventh. Until this mm-hmm. morning, we didn't have baseball. Certainly for for this summer. So I mean, the the instructional design fantasy league was <laughs> really where it's at. But so it, it seems like it was the, getting robust. I was yeah.
2: I, big numbers in the uh, in the analysis and design phase. Big numbers there, big yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Go
0: ahead.
2: I'm sorry. I, I I'm going to stop doing this.
0: <laughs> it's a bit. We're we're just going to keep it going. We'll we'll start a pool. That's the thing. Our Patreon <gasps> Wait, will lead to a pool. I don't, I don't know like how how much you want like i
1: I mean i I'll give 25 I'll give 25 on that yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm in Virginia we can do online gambling here this is great this is
1: what? I'm, I'm in Texas no, I don't care
0: about anything here don't worry about it yeah, yeah <laughs> so inclusive online courses this yeah. this seems like that's very close to home for you that's near and dear to your heart yeah so what should we be looking at? as course designers? What are the almost universal pitfalls as we're trying to do online courses where it's more a convenience thing or a necessity thing Mm -hmm. instead of here? No, let's actually plan this. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. So when Jill and I talked about the book, one of the things we wanted to make sure was that while we wanted to have a dedicated chapter that spoke to um, providing uh, information around UDL uh, and strategies towards creating a more inclusive uh, and accessible uh, content. We didn't want we want we wanted to make sure that it was all throughout, right? So if you look at the at the, all of the chapters, you can see where we keep kind of circling back to how this is going to be used and making sure that. Uh, we don't leave anybody out of the conversation and we keep things um, accessible and, and and inclusive, if you will. One of the biggest pitfalls when it comes to accessibility and inclusion in courses is the lack of planning ahead of time. Um, you know, the big go-to for everybody is, well, it's captioned and maybe transcripts. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Yeah
2: that's, yeah.
1: that's it. That's it. That's all we need.
2: Yeah. we are good. Yeah, just just read uh, what, the read the entire thing. You're good. There's no there's no nuance exactly. there or anything. Don't worry
1: about it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so the thing there is to really work on having good communication and relationships with the faculty, so that you can start those conversations early and help them to plan that out. Uh, you know, every school is different uh my school rocky mountain college of art and design sometimes we use uh outside SMEs to come in and develop courses subject matter experts Uh, and sometimes we use uh, on-campus faculty but the key is being able to get that time ahead of any development and sit down with them and talk to them about about their course what do they see is going to happen and having those conversations where you can say to them okay well you know, these PDFs that you pulled, they're all images and we're gonna have to get OCR text readable PDFs. So could you tell me where you found these so I can maybe try to find another copy of them or reach out to the author or something? You know, it's just helping them understand that, uh, There has to be a plan for it. You have to plan it all out uh, and identify what needs to happen and that you're there for them, right? You're not going to leave them because that's a, that's a faculty's nightmare is that I'm going to do all the work. What are you going to do?
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I wonder, so that, that problem is always accessibility is is, is kind of an interesting problem because I think, a lot of our learning experiences, grow like both growing up as well as in higher ed, as well as especially in the workforce, are very much tied to this um, kind of normalized distribution of effort. Right? You know, you, you're, gonna, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna spend most of your time on you're gonna try to spend most of your time on the eighty percent of the population, mm-hmm. and we know that you know that's obviously a challenge when you're when you're specifically and, and we're talking huge swaths of the population that are essentially not being. Considered a designed for, I wonder, like what for a practitioner, right, or for a researcher, mm-hmm. for that matter, right? Um, you know, how do you how do you reconcile that with kind of, I guess, the way of doing business, right? Because mm-hmm. because obviously, hey, we're going to spend three times as much time on uh, half the you know like a ten percent of the learners that are involved here, or twenty percent of the learners involved here. You know, what are some you know ways that you've kind of maybe gone into those kind of conversations and come out with the at least a resolution that you're happy with?
1: I think, well, so for me, I always try to help the faculty member understand that what we're going to do is we're going to build around the principles of UDL. And right. what that will do is that will actually reach more than this 10% that people are considering that are the ones that need it. I mean, yeah. if you look at research since 20, I think 2015, um, there's been a steady increase with just people in general, everybody that's surveyed, uh, 80% of the population from the survey I saw in 2015 used captions with videos. We're closer Mm to 95% now. Most people, when they have a video going, they're going to turn on captions whether it's because they have a cognitive delay and they need that caption to help them understand what's being said, Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe it's somebody who can't turn on the sound and they're watching it to keep track Mm -hmm. of it. You know, there's, there's all different kinds of, of reasons why. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it, you know, a lot of it is helping, helping the folks that are building the courses to understand whether it is the instructional designers. So me as a director, helping my instructional designers make that connection, or it's my designers working to help the faculty make that connection that you're not just talking about 10% of the population. Mm-hmm. Lots of things, you know, that you can do using the guidance of UDL will actually benefit the learning and the the connections uh, towards understanding for a larger swath of individuals
2: i think that's great advice yeah
0: i I think it's interesting that you bringing up the thing about captions right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. every youtube video i watch captions on uh every every TikTok that i watch
1: (laughs) i'm gonna give you a heart on that one
0: right like i feel like this is a safe space to say no you can yeah <laughs> but and, and and this will go out to our uh to our uh fifteen listeners who will then mock me mercilessly. That's that's fine. Like well,
1: we're gonna right. we're gonna glitter bomb you with hearts. It's all good. Do it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Get right. but like I didn't realize that this was something that I that I liked. Uh, I I don't have hearing issues other than it's springtime and like I'm stuffy and everything sounds like it's yeah. you know underwater. But like it. I, I, I don't have to struggle with that disability, yet mm-hmm. it's something I actually really like having on because sometimes, yeah, I'll I'll miss something in a movie and having the mm-hmm. subtitles on, oh, okay, yeah, that's really useful. And we turned them on because my wife and I have a good friend who has like 95% hearing loss. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes when you're watching something in science fiction or watching, you know, something with you know, Klingon in it or something. Of course, you're not going to lip what read. You for don't that. speak Klingon. That is one thing I am proud to say I do not do. I will, Yet. I will admit to TikTok, Yet. but I will not. <laughs> I will not. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's one he's of those the things he's working on. Like...
2: It. <laughs> he he's got to get through comps first, you know. My, my <laughs> dissertation will will be
0: written parallel and Klingon. And Klingon. Okay. Yeah. Good. So. Like, as long as when I graduate, I get the cool sword in addition to the TAM. Like, gotcha. that's that's what I really need. Um, sword is happening.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've been <laughs> practicing like, my
2: using... forms, you know? Um, just <laughs> want to make sure. Uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: But using, yeah, adding those technologies for people mm-hmm. who don't need them, mm-hmm. but it ends up being an assistance to people who, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, now I'm getting a better result out of this. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's a wonderful way to, to go about trying to approach, especially with people who are hesitant, hey, mm-hmm. look, here's, here's maybe a technology that was developed for somebody with a disability, but now you're using it for somebody who doesn't need it, yeah. but it's somehow promoting some sort of improvement in, in their, their lesson or and just you know- consumption in general
1: we can go i mean captions is such a low ball we can go right higher we can go assessment and we can say you know if we teach our faculty to not just do multiple choice and to offer you know different ways for our for students to show or demonstrate right their knowledge and understanding or skills and proficiency then that allows for in a lot of instances more creativity and what's going mm-hmm. to come from the student, because mm-hmm. you're not just giving them a, a, a research paper and you say, go write this and here's a sample. And they come back and it's not identical, but right. Um, it, so it gives them more creativity, gives them more flexibility to kind of meet where they are and their ability to to produce something. So um, in one of my classes that I taught not too long ago, there was a. Um, the the course was written for me and it said that they had to create a PowerPoint presentation. Well, I, you know, I had one student and he was like, you know, I really have trouble with PowerPoint. Can I do it a different way? And I was like, absolutely. Talk to me about what you want to do it in. What's the, what's the tool that, that you're more comfortable with. Right. Uh, and we worked it out and he ended up doing a video. I mean, like a, an eight minute video demonstration video uh, of what was just supposed to be a stand up presentation and i was like thank you you know um yeah, yeah.
0: that's 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 such a more
1: it's organic uh, for him
0: yeah right because well, instead of just laying out uh you know mm-hmm. a a paint by numbers sort of thing Ooh. you you actually got them to this higher level of actualization just because they asked right and just being open to it. That's, that's really neat.
2: Yeah. And I think it, another thing there is, you know, I think right now, especially with, uh, you know, we're still in the pandemic, but certainly seems like we're on the tailing end of it. Let's say uh, there were a lot of people in the last two years that really questioned the role of schooling and r- role of education and things like that. And I think when you, we're talking about, yeah, you know, especially that, you know, various forms of assessment, you go from this concept of schooling is a, uh, mechanism that in some respects is, is built, you know, built to make a kind of normative society. Right. Whereas, you know, whereas that might not actually have anything to do with the subject matter. It's, it's to, it's this, you know, this is just the way we do it. Whereas the other side of that, the side you're proposing is obviously, no, we really want to know that you learned something, right. We, we know you could probably jump through these hoops it's more about, do you understand, like, do you understand it in your own voice, which to me, I would say is, is the point, right? Like that would be the, that's the ultimate goal. Um, so no, I think really uh, timely points to be making here. I think that's awesome.
1: You know, one of the problems uh, that we're trying to break out of a mold from is teaching to the test and in CLB, no mm-hmm. child left behind. Right. Yeah. And um which you know, I really don't like in CLB. Um, you can leave that in there. No. I know, right? <laughs> you can leave that in there. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, authentic assessment, you know, the students have always been asking why? What am I going to do with this? What What right. is the purpose of this? They, they ask it, they have asked it louder since just before the pandemic and since the pandemic because the whole world has changed. The, the purpose behind getting an education, mm-hmm. the need for an education has changed. We are moving back towards a lot of individuals who want to go to technical school again. That's amazing. I think technical school is great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I have people all the time that they ask me, they say, well, I'm thinking about my PhD. And I'm like, do you really need it? What's it really for? You mm-hmm. know, or I'm going to get a college education. Well, what do you want to do? You know, and these are some of these are just my neighbors that I run into. You know, there's it's not a competition between you and anybody else. It's what you need. And it's just a competition of yourself to decide what you need to do, where you want to be, which is always hard. And we always change what we want to be when we grow up. Even me right now i'm thinking about it uh you no, know that's
0: weird i i spent nearly a decade teaching high school no mm-hmm. child changed their mind and they were completely set on Ever. their path yeah, right? by the time they were right. 18
1: like no, that's why yeah. you're a fireman right
0: <laughs> exactly yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i am now in my third career which oh. at 36 is really not that many anymore so like <laughs> yeah
1: Gosh, I can't. I'd, I'd have to sit down and count. I've had so many different things I've done in my life.
0: Well, yeah. I, th- I think since you've got the more professional podcast setup rig, I think we can <laughs> all count. <laughs> uh, we can all count podcasting as another <laughs> career skill and put it on our LinkedIn profiles. I think that's. I do I think some that's voiceovers <laughs> for
1: LaborVox, so that's why I have this mostly. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I do that's readings impressive. for them. Yeah.
0: That's cool. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: ask yeah, because uh, yeah. so my my um, my research interests are almost uh, exclusively focused on the vocational side of the house. Um, a lot of aerospace, a lot of technical school stuff, right? So, um, and uh, your your article about um, empathy, uh, you know, designing towards empathy using VR. And IVR mm-hmm. I'm wondering if, I, I know we don't have like you know another hour to talk about but I'm, I'm wondering if you might be able to just just give us a taste of what that was about where, where you were trying to find what, what, what can people because I got to tell you like I, I sometimes I feel weird about being like yeah I, I do a lot of immersive media research I mean my dissertation is all about immersive media and I, I don't want I really I feel like the I feel like immersive media is really well situated in uh, mm-hmm. several contexts. But I also recognize there's this like enormous hype train that mm-hmm. like you know is chugging along, and mm-hmm. differentiating yourself from the hype train is a little challenging. So mm-hmm. I like when you know someone's coming at it from a different angle. Uh, so I'm wondering, yeah, maybe just take us through a little bit of this, and you know, tell us what you found and what you think.
1: Yeah. So um, that that work came out from when I was working at Colorado School of Mines, and I had a couple of faculty that were working on or had been teaching uh, at least two iterations of a course that took some of our freshman students uh, at the school and taught them the the understanding of how you you know you work towards becoming empathetic and designing with empathy in mind because what they noticed was is that the students would they'd sit down they say well here's a design problem you know, find an answer. And the students would be like, blue, here's the answer, you know? <laughs> uh, and you're like, great, but, what? but not so great. Um, and, and the, you know, the, these faculty, you know, they, I got invited to sit in on the, the freshman design um, project that happened every year because I would always come in and, and I'd see something and i go, well, what if I can't see it? What if the color is not bright enough? What if, uh, you know, whatever. So, you know, and I would just come up with all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was, so um, I got brought into that particular, um, that particular project. And what we did was, is we said, okay, what we want to do is we want to take this class that's physical class and they, they meet with a person with a disability and they say, what is a design need that you have? And then they get to learn that person, right? But we wanted to teach them to have the experience of seeing or interacting with um, different disabilities in a different way. So we started thinking about it in the VR and IR way, right? So we started thinking about how do we recreate um, uh, a disability like dyslexia? A, a per, you know, If you talk to a person with dyslexia, they can talk about it with you, right? But you can't really get the nuances to it you can't really understand it so we started creating a vr world where they the students would sit down and they'd look at a book and the book would automatically be generated in what the format looked like for a person with dyslexia and it gave them a sense of what Hmm. that was like right so it was Hmm. a we were looking at it to become a much much deeper dive uh into that um when I was at Camp Aska that I mentioned earlier, that was a you know one of the things that we did with the young counselors that came in. We said, okay, uh, you know, to give you an understanding of the struggles or the barriers or the implications of having right a particular disability, um, let's just let's just do this right. And and of course at the time all we could do is give give the the semblance of a physical disability. So we somebody would have a wheelchair, right? Uh, or maybe we'd have somebody, and we would uh, make it to where they could only use their non-dominant hand, things like that, to make things more difficult to to provide that that point. But when you work online and you develop things online, the physical disability that the person is struggling with or or working through on the other side of the computer is not something that the designer sees or that, you know, whether they're an electrical engineer or an instructional designer. And so the thought there was, well, let's show you what it looks like when they sit down to the content that you've developed. And so while I don't work at School of Minds anymore, you know, that project I got it off, I, you know, in the sense of I got it started, and I think that a couple of, the, I know that the, this class is still being taught. Uh, I don't know. I hope that they're still able to work uh, on developing the VR uh, and IR components. Um, but it's definitely really, something... really, really yeah. interesting.
2: Right? Like, because right. yeah, like, I mean, um, you know, I've, I, from my, I, my standpoint in the, the whole VR space is very, like, practical. Like, you you, you don't teach a you probably don't teach a mechanic with three weeks of PowerPoint. You you probably want them to, you know, get some theory and then go work on something. So they're using their hands, but the whole, you know, it, it would be very, you know, yeah. Like the ability to like really immerse yourself in someone else's shoes is inherently helpful in, you know, like really considering things from someone else's viewpoint and, and immersive media, you know, I, honestly, I, I hadn't, really considered it to that level but like even things like um you know like uh you know like cuz you have your hands right yeah so right. to your point like non-dominant hand stuff and and mm-hmm. you know problems with dexterity i could easily see a lot of wow that's really interesting no that blows my mind a little bit that's cool
0: so what sort of experience could we create for designers who are in school to what, what's something that we can take out of, of what you created there that would be an easy bring into into any other program, right? Because creating something in VR, Eamon and you and Eamon are both going to say it's easy, but I would be scared. <laughs> um, so uh, what's – is it something easy like, hey – uh, you, you made the comment about like, uh, I, I can't read this because I'm colorblind or or mm-hmm. you made you made a comment about Dislikes that when you yeah. were reviewing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how are some what are some quick wins that we could put into programs mm-hmm. so that designers have to be more cognizant of it?
1: I mean, very simply, you could have uh give designers access to a screen reader and give them give them a course and then. They can only interact with the course through a screen reader. Mm, I like it. That's very simple and and easy to get a hold of. Most uh, student um, uh, ours is a SAS, uh, but then there's like disability DSS, disability support services. You know those things. Right. They can give any. They can give access to screen readers, um, and they what then what you would be doing is using the one that is provided by the school, understanding that there's so many different ones out there, and people use different ones all the time. But at least it would be one that is promoted by the school and is probably used by some of the population.
0: Right. Mm. Because I've never that's had that's to easy. experience right. using a website with a screen reader, but right. – I don't really need to put the alt text in on this image when I, when I build that page, do I like, that's such an inconvenience, right. but wait, no, it's a world of difference for somebody.
1: Right. Uh, another thing you could do very simply, um, you know, take a course, uh, any kind of course, maybe that relies on, or um, the faculty's relying on uh, color as the indicator and change the colors to uh, a hue that would be more, in line with somebody who is colorblind or Mm -hmm. has some sort of uh myopia or something like that right so maybe set it up to where they can't see the center of the screen and then your alt text is missing so how can i see what that image is because the miss the middle part is missing
2: right wow they have those are really good ideas those are fantastic
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah. Oh so, gosh, you could do it even easier. You could do it easier than that. You could just put it on on glasses. You could just give them, like say at home, put a piece of tape right in the middle or to the side and create a, a blind spot. So
0: there's blocking part of there. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing at um, the Rocky Mountain School of Design.
1: Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design?
0: Uh, art and Design, I'm so sorry. Damn, <laughs> I... Jeremy. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm pathetic. Hold on, well... We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll what kind of stalker
1: out. are you? God,
0: <laughs> not a real good one, honestly. <laughs> and that's, I think, actually something to my credit. So, avid <laughs> TikToker, kind of, kind of not good. He's not a very good stalker. Oh, okay, that's redeeming. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so at uh, RIMCAD or Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design, I am the director of online learning. Most of my time, most recently, has been spent hiring an amazing team. I have, I have pulled together some just fantastic uh, in- designers, and most recently, I have hired some multimedia f- uh, folks to do mul- be multimedia specialists for us. And we've been having, we've been building relationships and having those conversations with our faculty because it's funny in STEM they say oh well, you can't do that in stem you know and you go oh, okay an art school is going to be easier no they say the same thing oh you can't do that in art right <laughs> so, right um so you know we're we're creating a lot of of uh samples and examples of of the work that we can do to demonstrate you know what is it that that you're benefiting from us right so again most recently with our multimedia specialists, we um have a light board that we just put together. Uh, mm. and yeah, I got one. I, I have been able to purchase a light board or get a per- light, light board purchased for every institution I've been at. This one came in and I haven't even been there a year and my team was just ecstatic to get it and put it together because there's so much fun to work with. Um, we'll be developing out some, some, uh, demo videos on that so that our faculty can see what is a light board and why is it so special? Right. And all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's where, that's where we are right now. We're, we're just, you know, it, we're the departments had, well, the school has had an, an online department for a while. Um, but there was, um, you know, just, just cuts, you know how cuts happen, right? And so some positions were lost and things like that. Uh, but the school has been able to reinvest back into that. And, and I know that the courses and the the faculty are really going to, and the students Right. They're really going to, you know, they're going to be just amazed at the stuff that, that my team can pull together for them.
0: Cool. Yeah. So as we're, as we're wrapping up here, uh, you were, um, of, of course we need to plug the absolute um, Rosetta stone of instructional design. That is <laughs> the instructional design trainer's guide, authentic practices and considerations for mentoring ID and ed tech professionals. By. I'm getting
2: that tattooed on me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> um, so we'll have a link to that uh, in the show notes, of course. Um, but what else should somebody read that's really excited by your work, your field of work, getting introduced to it, any of that? If it's if it's plugs of your stuff, wonderful. But if it's <laughs> if it's something that was influential to you as well, where where do I start? to become some degree of the expert that you are?
1: That depends on where you want to be. That (laughs) depends on your passion, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I spent a lot of time in ed-psych books. Um, I spent a lot of time in ed-psych research. Um, I do find for myself, even in the early days, I spent a lot of time on Twitter, just looking at the current research and following that out to see where things are going and identify, you know, readings that, that, that compelled me. Um, And and it, again, it changed, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I remember back when we first started using uh, Twitter, it was actually, we, our faculty didn't know what it was. And so we used it as an IM device
0: to send <laughs> each other
1: messages because nobody knew what it was uh, and we were you know then we realized this is not actually good so we went back and deleted all of that um, yeah. yes yeah. but no. again it's, with
0: people picking up it's technology, on the net it's
1: probably there yeah
0: right <laughs> but again with people picking up a technology using it until mm, no maybe this isn't so great and then yeah what is this? that's hash rapid prototyping oh, that's wonderful
1: yeah, yeah. so yeah um I, i i don't have a particular you know reading other than the tome the Instructional Designer Design Trainer's Guide: Authentic Practices and Considerations for Mentoring IDs and EdTech Professionals. Um, yes.
0: Did you even have to look at the screen to to get that? That time, like, no.
1: I, no, no. Nice. See,
0: I've got that it on time my other monitor. There.
2: You're ready for the book tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yes, and that will be at Site. Uh, we just got it, Jill and I just got accepted uh, for uh, Site S I T E to go and uh, present. Uh, uh, the, the information that we have gathered for that book, uh, as a best practice. Um, so really excited about that. That's going to be in San Diego in April.
2: Nice. Yeah. Well done.
1: yeah. yeah. Cool. All
2: right. Well, Dr. Reese, uh, a million thanks for your time today. Um, Absolutely. and, and talk to us about the book and about your research interests and just how to be better at what we're trying to do out here. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, absolutely. It has been my pleasure just getting to spend this time with the two of you. You are absolutely delightful.
0: Well, there you have it. Episode four. Thanks again to Dr. Reese for spending the last 45 minutes with us. We really appreciate all of her time and insight. Uh, We've got links in the show notes to... What I'm hoping are all of the references to uh, books and articles that, that you made during the show. Um, hopefully, we've we've compiled all of that. As I mentioned at the top of the show, there are a number of different ways that you can reach out to us and interact with us on Facebook at Research Nuggets, patreon.com slash research nuggets or via our website, researchnuggets.show. Um, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about the show, um, how much you love and adore listening to Amon and I ask really meandering and long questions, but more importantly, tell us what you're working on. We'd love to talk to you and find out what you're doing in the field, why you're excited about it, and why everybody else should be too. That's the whole point of the show. So thanks again for listening. Uh, We appreciate you, and we look forward to seeing you again on episode five. Bye, everybody.